You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Everson Griffin and the Vikings have been talking about reuniting, talking about him re-signing there, but those conversations have not produced a deal, and it sounds based on that Instagram post as if Everson Griffin is now saying he's not going back to Minnesota, he's going to sign elsewhere. He doesn't say where, but uh, there's no shortage of teams that need pass rush help. Seattle's looking for someone if they don't bring back Jadevian Clowney. The Jets are looking for an edge rusher. I mean, they're all over the place in terms of there's probably more teams that need than don't, so Everson Griffin could be in a pretty good spot. He's 32 years old, but still a disruptive player who had eight sacks last year. Welcome in, Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Quarantine day 10. Something like that, anyways. I've already lost track. Rami's in another studio over here. Eight. I think it's day 8. Day 8? Yeah. Let's make it official so we can count from here. I just so go today's by what day. I see on Twitter. Are we counting weekends too? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you have to. Yeah. 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 By the way, uh, we have begun. I don't know if they're going to be nightly. Maybe they are going to be nightly. We're going to do another one tonight. Uh, it's going to be Rami and I doing yoga for the audience tonight. Oh, you're follow. doing it too. Dude, I'm in. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in. Man. All I'm right. In. Why? What do you mean? Why? Because we're trying to improve ourselves. <laughs> Jonathan? Trying to get better. We're on a journey of self-improvement and enlightenment. That will work on. The 31-day yoga revolution, if you will. And part of the happy hour quarantine, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Streaming live on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch you do later re- on tonight. You do realize that exercising and doing something called happy hour are counterintuitive to what happy hour means. Not if yeah. there's alcohol involved. Is there alcohol involved? Listen, if Rami can get into a Warrior Two pose with a full bottle of red wine, brown paper bag, <laughs> well, he's cooking I'm last here night. For it. I'm here for it. So we have all kinds of stuff to get to, not only tonight in the happy hour quarantine with Mackie and Judd and Rami, but on today's show as well. Uh, we'll get to five splash moves the Vikings could make, courtesy of our friend Matthew Collar from Purple Daily. But I wanted to start the conversation today based around a fight that Judd Zolgad had on Twitter over the weekend. I've got two going right now. I'm not kidding. Judd now has multiple fights. I'm being blamed for the You're getting uh, into Twitter coronavirus in this time. Of, in this, you time know what the of, problem is? Crisis, Judd. People are scared. They're bored and they're mad, <laughs> and so they are upping their their anger about things. Like their passions, i.e. the Vikings. They're just looking to, to lash out. So they're lashing out more. I thought that this would provide perspective. It's doing the opposite. You know what would help with that, Judd? A little yoga. It does put someone a into yoga. a peaceful or else, state of mind. Yoga. Mellows you out. Or just, or just uh, three or four beers. A little inner peace. A little um. Thanks, John Lennon. Here for it. Here for it. But with Laquan, oh, we are with, with Laquan, no, stop. With Laquan Treadwell <laughs> is give Treadwell a chance. <laughs> Off to Atlanta. I could keep going. It ends another chapter of Vikings first round draft picks. So here's my question. All right. Yes. Is Rick Spielman good at drafting? How do you guys feel about Rick Spielman, who's been? 
involved in Vikings drafts since 2007, I believe. He, he entered the organization in 2006. Yeah. He was a vice president of player personnel. And and he has been the general manager since 2012, but he's been very draft centric since 2007 for sure. Right. Do well, you guys think Rick Spielman is good at drafting? First of all, so Treadwell uh, signs with Falcons, or he agrees to terms with Falcons yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. All I did was I went back and looked, and because Childers had so much of a say in the draft and of the 53 man roster from 2007 until he was fired in 2010, I sort of took. Rick out of that because Rick was involved, but I don't think he can take the hits. I don't think that he can be given complete credit or blame. All right. So I said, starting in 2011, Rick was still an executive VP at that point. He didn't have the GM title yet. Mm -hmm. And he and Les Frazier split the duties. They basically had at that point, which made no sense, 50, 50 say over the roster. But, but in covering that team, I know for a fact, and both of these did not work. So Les was not right. Les's desire was for 2011 to get a veteran QB, his name, Donovan McNabb. Okay. So not praising that. Rick was like, no, I got to draft a quarterback. He drafted Ponder. So my exercise in, in Rick's hits and misses in the first round, which I confined myself to on Twitter last night was to say, Here's four guys, and I think I came up with four solid ones that he missed on, and here's four or five that he hit on. And all I did, too, was say these guys were busts. People then said, well, they weren't reaches, to which I never said they were reaches. Matt Khalil at the time, and through his rookie season, gentlemen, was a very good draft pick, okay? But he busted. He was just a bust. Mm -hmm. So people misread that for me saying Rick is bad at drafting, which I completely disagree with because the direction or the path that I think this conversation is going to go down, which is very fair, is, okay, all of Rick's first-round picks didn't hit. A lot of people's don't. But Rick also has some really good picks throughout his drafts. So all I was doing was basically making a point about first-round guys and the angry Vikings fans trapped in their homes and somehow thinking that I created this horrible virus, which I'd like to say I have nothing to do with, and I'm as equally as scared as you. That's good to know. Like, I didn't didn't unleash this thing on the world, and certainly not the country or the purple purple fans. I just just made a point. But if your question is, is Rick Spielman pretty good at his job of drafting? I think the answers come back pretty much... A lot of times, absolutely. So, I don't know. I don't know how to have this conversation in full without knowing all of the different. If you take the other thirty-one general managers and lay out their batting averages in the first round, then it becomes more of an objective exercise, right? And I can tell you, and I think you and I are pretty much in lockstep when you go through all of the drafts dating back to two thousand seven. Who's a bust and who isn't? And I'm going to go through this in just a second. What I need to know is once I throw the bust percentage out. Is that an acceptable number? Okay. That's what we have to figure just, out. Here. We're just going on the first round. Yes. Although I, I, I want to bring another piece of evidence to the table that doesn't involve first round picks. But let's start with the first round because really, like that's where the best players are available. Uh, that's that's where the most money goes to players, and that's that's just where the microscope is. So first round hits for Rick Spielman, and again, I know that he's had more influence maybe in GM years than when he was vice president of player personnel, but he has been very, very involved in the draft since 2007. So I'm going to give him credit for these hits and these busts. Trey Waynes, to me, is a hit. 
not like Pro Bowl caliber every year, but Trey Waynes was a good starting cornerback. He was he wasn't a, the star of the draft by any means, but um, I would say that Trey Waynes was a hit in the first round. Now, if you want to say yeah, but they could have had this player. All right, we can have that battle. But I think your goal in the first round is to just get a good starting caliber player first and foremost. I'll give you that. Outside of the top ten, yes. I'm okay, okay. with that yeah. definition of hit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and, and Trey Waynes was outside of the top He's ten. There's 11 one, in that draft, right? There's one that we can debate here in a second. All right. I think Teddy Bridgewater was a hit. I think, if if anything, you take him off the board because of injury. But I think he was a hit and that he was a quality starting quarterback. I think the fact that he just signed a $20 million contract, a $60 million contract, $20 million a year with Carolina, goes to show that like other teams think he's a starting caliber quarterback. You found a starting caliber quarterback who won you a playoff game, if not for Blair Walsh, against the Seattle Seahawks. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a hit. If you want, you can't you can't call him a bust. No, no, I you think, could call him injury and yes, off the board. I, I think Sharif Floyd and Teddy are unknowns. You just don't know. Okay. So, but but, but I think Teddy is is more of a known than Sharif but Floyd. I, but I don't give I don't give Rick Spielman or the Vikings demerits for guys like that. Yeah. Now Khalil's a weird one because he also got hurt. But he was so good that first year, and we also saw enough from Khalil where I always wondered, does he even like football? I think Sharif Floyd and Teddy both loved the sport, and and injuries either, in Sharif Floyd's case, ended his career, or in Teddy's, completely derailed his career here. Well, I mean, where would you put Teddy Bridgewater here in regards to Rick Spielman as a drafter? Does just strictly hit or miss, right? Pass, fail? Is yep. that is that well, how we're grading it? There is kind of a third category that we're putting Sharif Floyd in because he he had a devastating knee situation gone wrong, but bad surgery. Yep. But I would I'd rather it be hit or miss if I'd, possible. I'll call it a hit. I would call it a hit. Okay, like you said, starting caliber player is really yep. all you can hope for outside the top ten. He's not Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson, but like he's he's a really good player. Uh, Anthony Barr, I think, was a hit. Mm-hmm. Probably could be even better than he is or deployed differently, but I think Anthony Barr is pro bowler. Certainly right? not a bust. He's a hit. Not even close to that. Xavier yes. Rhodes, absolutely a hit. Forget about last year. He's absolutely a hit. That's dar- that is darn near a home run, too. One of the greatest cornerbacks in Vikings history. Yep, and he was in his prime. He was top three to top five yep. in Her- a league. Harrison Smith, Percy Harvin, and Adrian Peterson. Hit, 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 hit yeah. right? All right, so so if if Rami and I outrule Judd on Teddy Bridgewater, that's seven first round hits for Rick Spielman. Mm-hmm. First round busts: Laquan Treadwell, Cordero Patterson, Matt Khalil, and Christian Ponder. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might fight back on Cordero a little bit, and that he was a pretty good gimmick player, and he caught forty five passes one year. But I still think like the kick returns they they. Tried to fight last night and say he was great on kick. Well, that's great, but he wasn't drafted to return kicks. Not in the first he round. Was, he was drafted in particular to replace Percy. And Sharif Floyd is, I think he was on his way to be a good player, but we don't know because of the injury situation. So that leaves seven hits out of 11 chances in the first round for Rick Spielman, not counting Sharif Floyd. That's basically two in every three. It's 63% hit rate in the first round. And that's where this conversation gets hard. Where does that stack up against every other general manager the last 10 or 15 years? And uh, the Mackey and Judd with Rami research department has not gotten that far. But how do you, like, just off the top of your heads, in the first round alone, Rick Spielman bats 630. Two in every three are good, serviceable players that are starting caliber at worst, and some of those guys are awesome. But one in every three is an abject failure and a bust. 
Just how do you guys feel about that? I think that's probably a better, and again, we don't have the numbers, but I think that's probably a better batting average than than most GMs have, Mackie. And, and I would take it one step further because, and this is going to sound weird, a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I'll go ahead and say it anyways, and you can take out your quarantine anger on me instead of Judd for once, at Rami is tweeting. I think the first round is a little overrated, man. Like, uh, for me to, to, to rate a GM and how he drafts, all I do is go up and down a roster or up and down a depth chart and look how many homegrown guys that you have there, not only starting, but playing at a high level. And at every level on both sides of the football, before you traded Stephon Diggs, the Vikings had Pro Bowl players. And in, in some cases, all pro players. And in some cases, multiple Pro Bowl or all pro players at one level. When you're talking about defensive line, linebackers, cornerback, or on the opposite side of the football, offensive line, skill positions, quarterback, you have all pro or pro bowl players at almost every level who are homegrown, who are drafted and coached up by Mike Zimmer and his staff. Not a lot of teams can boast that. Not a lot of teams can look up and down their depth chart and say, yep, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy. Most teams that have the success that the Vikings have had relative to the rest of the league, you look around and a lot of those guys are picked off of other teams, practice squads, or their free agent signings, or they were traded for. Not a lot of teams who have the success that the Vikings do have as much drafted and homegrown talent as they yeah. do. I think that's all you got to look at to ask if Rick Spielman is not a good GM, but good in the draft and, at the very least. And two follow-ups off that. Number one, for people wondering, well, what about the last two first-round picks, Garrett Bradbury and Mike Hughes? I just put them in the jury still out category. Mm-hmm. Like, Garrett Bradbury, absolutely the jury still out. If you were going to categorize Mike Hughes, I think you'd categorize him in the hit. I don't think you'd call him a... If you had to choose bust or hit, I think I would put Mike, Mike Hughes in the hit category because... He's he's been serviceable uh, when he can play. When he can play, uh, but but those guys are jury still out. But off what Rami just said, anecdotally, so so the evidence that we can put in front of us is two in every three first round picks Rick Spielman hits on. But if you zoom back out, anecdotally, the fact that the Vikings have mostly always been competitive since Rick Spielman entered the organization in two thousand six two thousand seven, they've almost always been competitive, mostly without a franchise quarterback, which. That's a testament to roster building. If you don't have Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, and you're still regularly between eight and eight and eleven and five or thirteen and three with Case Keenum, you don't do that unless the rest of your roster is built up enough to support said backup to mediocre quarterbacks. So anecdotally, how do you have those kind of rosters? Usually through the draft, not through a bunch of big splash free agency signings. Now to, to go back and talk about the three guys that, Phil, you brought up that Rick has missed on, though. It's an interesting lesson in what went wrong. And in all three of those cases in particular, those three guys were drafted for absolute need. Because the Vikings always talk about, we always take the best player. Don't don't ever don't ever accuse us of trying to fill a need. We are looking at the best player. I don't know why GMs and, take and, such and offense to Ga- that. And Garrett Bradbury was first on our board, damn it. And we're, you believe us, right? But if you, no. but if you look, of course not. But if you look at the three guys that the Vikings uh, took that you mentioned or that Rick took as busts, ponder. In his mind, he said, "I got to find a QB. I got to get a young one." And Les was like, "I'd like to get a guy that, that can win now." And mistakenly thought that McNabb could, and of course he couldn't. But the fact is, the Christian Ponder pick was taken for a immediate need in Rick's mind. Cordero, Percy had just been traded, and in fact. You got to haul back the Percy trade 
with the Seahawks was a really good trade. But their immediate thing was gimmick wide receiver who can do a lot of things. Athletic Percy was Cordero will basically step in. He couldn't. And then Laquan, same thing. We need that receiver. We got to get that. This guy's going to step right in. And guess what? He couldn't. So I think the lesson that we learn here pretty quickly, too, is the Vikings credo when they they actually follow through is correct. When you take a guy thinking, okay, we got to have this position today, it backfires. And when you just back off and say, this guy's a really nice fit, it often works. Yeah. So that, that brings us to the next category. When you're trying to judge a general manager, first round is very important. General roster building is very important. But I think somewhere in between those two things is how good are you at grabbing not just guys later in the draft, but impact players later on in the draft or in, in undrafted free agents. And so I might be missing a couple here, but I went back the last 12 years. I didn't count 2019, but going back the last 12 years, third round or later, he's had some second round guys. I mean, Dalvin Cook is one for sure that is a is an absolute hit when he's healthy. And there's been a few others. Kyle Rudolph was a second round pick. But I'm talking third round or later, really, really good players mm-hmm. that are starting caliber. They are in your rotation for several years or were impactful in a short period of time. And I counted 13. Okay. Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs are going to be, and, and Adam Thielen are going to go down as three of the great Vikings of all time at their positions, uh, at least for the period that they were. Like, I'm not putting Stefan Diggs in the Chris Carter, Randy Moss, but like, Stefan Diggs is one of the seven best wide receivers that ever played for the Vikings. Adam Thielen, Anthony Harris, Everson Griffin, John Sullivan, starting center for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Fifth rounder, I think. Brandon Fusco, not. Not a Pro Bowl or like annual Pro Bowl guy, but Brandon Fusco was a starting offensive lineman for multiple years. Uh, Latroy Guyon was a rotation guy for like four or five years. Brian Robison, Shamar Stephan, Jarek McKinnon, Jarius Wright, and Rhett Allison. All guys that were starting and impactful for multiple seasons. So if you're batting two out of every three in the first round, and then on average once every year, and sometimes more, you're getting an impactful player third round or later, and then whatever happens in the second round. I mean, like, we don't know until we have the other 31 general managers' resumes lined up, and that's a tough exercise. But my gut says Rick Spielman is really good at his job, if not maybe one of the top 10 or 12 general managers over that period, even with some of the busts after laying all this out. Like we think Christian Ponder, oh my god, yeah, yeah that's a huge whiff. Well, it's a huge whiff, but the QB the QB discussion is a fair one, and it's almost separate because I think Rick has done a very good job, and Mike clearly has helped a lot defensively in identifying guys that are going to fit their system, right? And getting said guys here, and they've been good fits. Um, that being said, I think there's two discussions here: the one that we are having right now, which is a very fair discussion, and I think Rick is good at drafting. And then the secondary part, which is probably the discussion that we're going to have for, uh, for quite some time, including after Rick is gone, which is the can you identify and find that quarterback and either trade up to get that guy or be savvy enough to take him in the second round, which is difficult. But I think those are two uh, separate things. So as far as the talent evaluation goes, I think it's very fair to say Rick has definitely had some misses, but he's... But he can identify talent, and I think he and his scouting staff do a pretty good job, and your list of third-round guys and on is impressive because you are finding guys consistently 
with those picks because we always joke about that, right? Ah, Rick Spielman just traded a second rounder for two sixth rounders yeah. and a seventh rounder. But if you can make that work, God bless yeah. you. And like BC Johnson's going to be their number yeah. three wide receiver this year, right? Yeah. Hell, that guy might be their number two wide receiver. If I mean, right out. now he's their number two wide receiver. But mm-hmm. for every, for everything that's been said here in the first 18 minutes of the show, does that make any sense of the offseason moves that they've made this year? You know, does, are you, are you just saying like Rick Spielman's track record is so good that we should trust what he's done this offseason and believe no. it will work? No, because no. on paper it doesn't make sense. But Rami, I had a lot of time the past two days. I had a lot yeah, of time. I had a lot of time with nothing to do. Some of a, us are using that for yoga and a Vikings media you know? guide by my side. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will say is, I still, for the life of me, after. 48 hours of deep Viking reflection. Mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Um, actually, could we trick Judd into joining air. into joining yoga tonight? If it's, listen, we're going to do some deep Vikings thinking tonight. <sighs> deep breath. Think of Sean Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Kramer. <laughs> so the, the Kirk Cousins, to your point, the Kirk Cousins thing, extension, does not make sense still to me. It really doesn't. I mean, I can... I could come up with reasons for why they did it, but and I still can't justify those reasons as being reason uh, that I would do it. But I went through the list of guys, because I keep seeing on Twitter or hearing, look at it, Everson Griffin's gone now, too? How could that happen? How could they let that happen? You know, And I went through the list of guys who have departed either via trade, being released, or free agency in the past week. And for the most part, there's a couple guys. Diggs, you don't you got to haul back for Diggs, but if I had come to you guys last week and been like, you could trade Stefan Diggs, I think we'd all be like, uh, no thank you, right? But Not if the plan is to win in 2020, no. But in going through in going through the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball who are gone, I know it's going to seem weird for a guy like Griffin or Rhodes or Waynes go down that list not to be here, but when you think about this sport, and this is the one sport where I'm convinced you want to cut bait. Like, you do not just run it back. Let's run it back again. The more I went through that list, there were a few guys that I think are going to hurt to lose. But that veteran core group, Linval, Griffin, Rhodes, Waynes, Sandejo, it's really smart. It's time. It's time. And, and Phil, I say that because you saw the same thing, too. I will always, in football uh, parlance, go back to the 2009-10 to 10 Vikings, right? Oh, they're going to run it back again. Look how close they were, right? Yeah, running it back and we never all got, works. And think about how hard you finally got smacked upside the head with. Mm-hmm. These guys are all cooked. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me that Everson Griffin, who's coming off a nice year, but he's played for 10 years, that's a long time, and I believe he's 32. If you tell me your options are, let's bring him back and try it again, or let's get out now, I'm get out now gal, mm-hmm. guy. So... The Cousins thing I'll put off in a separate pile, and I'm still confused by. But there's a lot of these guys that are gone now who I know I know we all think, we see them play every Sunday, and, but no, it actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and you know what? At one point, the Vikings said goodbye to Jared Allen yeah. and said, Everson Griffin, you get to take his spot now. And everyone was like, well, what do you mean? Jared Allen's one of the great pass rushers in history. Correct. And he's 33. And Everson Griffin's 23, or whatever you know, whatever the age was, and... And so, so opening up that gateway for younger players is step one. I think where people get uneasy, and we can talk more about this later on in the show here because we got to hit a break. Uh, I think where people get uneasy is, well, wait a second, we're saying goodbye to all these known Pro Bowl caliber commodities, and 
what, just like a second round draft pick is going to come in or like some dude off the bat. Like that, it's the unknown of, okay, what's going to, who's this, who's this Pierce guy that was just signed from the Ravens, right? Uh, but plenty more to get to with Vikings throughout the rest of the show and throughout the rest of the week as the Vi- we kind of enter into phase two of free agency. Now, a lot of the big names are off the board and the Vikings are still kicking around and there's still things to do. In fact, Matthew Collar has a great article on scorenorth.com right now. Five splash moves the Vikings could make if they chose to. Uh, we can also open up phone lines throughout the rest of the show for either Vikings discussion or how was your first weekend in quarantine, basically. 651-646-8255. In fact, we're going to tell you about ours. We're going to unveil a new segment when we come back here to the show. Quarantine discoveries from the weekend. What are some of the things that you discovered on TV, going about your life, during a weekend of quarantine? Mackie and Jub with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. Uh, I'm glad you're still open. Helping support our local businesses through the coronavirus crisis. We are open for business. This is open for business. Still open, yeah? Yeah. On Score North. But real quick here, every single, well, not every day, but most days throughout the course of the next few weeks, uh, we here on Score North are going to run a mini episode of Open for Business because these are unprecedented times in our country unprecedented times in the state of Minnesota. Every day there's new news, and we're looking to highlight some of the businesses that are still open, still operational, and still looking to serve people. And so we're here now with our friend Tony Vecchio from Chet's Shoes, which has been in business for what, Tony? 73 years, I believe. How are things... 73? That's, that's, a, that's a long time. How are things right now during this tough stretch for you guys? Well, like you said, this is unprecedented, so... Uh... We're learning a lot as we go. Unprecedented means uh, obviously nobody's seen something like this happen before. So we're trying to trying to stay flexible and uh, creative to try to take care of our customers and then uh, stay open as well. So, what are some of the specific actions or offers or things that you are enacting as a company that are relevant to the concerns that have popped up the last few weeks with COVID nineteen? Well, our first and foremost concern right now is the health and safety of our employees and our customers. Uh, like a lot of people are taking measures, measures such as hand washing, uh, cleaning checkout areas after each person, maintaining distance guidelines. And uh, for our shoe trucks, we only allow one person on the truck at a time. Uh, we have employees that are working remotely. Um, you know, as a health and safety company, by staying open, we feel that we're performing a a vital service to our customers. Uh, you've heard the governor and the president talk a lot lately about personal protection equipment. Um, we are, we provide necessary equipment to people that have to keep uh, critical services operational. Um, talking about uh, you know men, men and women work in areas such as garbage hauling, utility work, manufacturing, medical companies, refineries, and railroads. Uh, so we feel like we have to do our part to keep these the infrastructure of these things going as well. Yeah. So how how can people continue to use your business? How, how has that changed over the last couple of weeks or so, or is it largely the same? Well, good question. It's it's actually changing quite a bit. It's the same, but uh, yeah, we have to work on improving some other things, and so we're changing. Uh, we have avenues of distribution with limited contact. Um, we've always had online ordering, but we're uh, beefing that up right now. Um, people can order online or call in orders that we can ship. 
And uh, we also have curbside pickup available at our stores as well. So, if, you know, if, um, depending on what happens or if people are just nervous about coming in, they can call or uh, email or fax us, and we can uh, have curbside pickup for us. Yeah. So, Tony, uh, wh- wh- where can people find out more about Chet's Shoes if they want to find out more about the company and more about uh, the website, et cetera? What would you tell the audience? Yeah, we have ChetShoes.com, and I think for the most up-to-date um, like you said, things change hourly, let alone daily. Uh, customers can check us out on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, sites for the latest updates. Awesome, man. You staying safe yourself? So far, so good. Everything's going well. We're uh, taking all our precautions here as well at home, so everything's great here. I hope everybody out there is doing their part as well. Awesome, man. Well, Tony, thanks for coming on, and thanks for coming on this episode of Open for Business here on Score North on behalf of Chet's Shoes. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. All right. That is uh, Tony Vecchio from Chet's Shoes. So keep an ear on Score North throughout this week and the coming weeks as we look to shine a spotlight on some businesses that are still open, still operational, and still looking to serve people. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, quarantine discoveries when we come back. Receive mobile alerts when Minnesota sports news is breaking. And you could win prizes. You can listen live and on demand with the Score North mobile app. Available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North and many of our local advertising partners remain open for business. And you can hear from them daily right here on Score North. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. We are all in this together. Hear how you can support our local community community by visiting scorenorth.com keyword open over at scorenorth.com as well. We've got all your Vikings free agency news that you could ever want, including Matthew Collar's five splash moves the Vikings can still make. That includes some big names. We'll get we'll get to that here in just a moment here on Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up at probably about five o'clock or so, as well as Judd Zolgad's article about how Taylor Rogers is Handling the coronavirus, pushing back the opening of the twin season. That's all over at Score North, completely free and easy for you to find. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Also, our guy Mike Greenberg followed through on his word. Gave us full credit with a couple little asterisks, which we'll get to mm. a little bit later on in this segment. <laughs> Rami. <laughs> Sorry, Rami. It is kind of funny. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Is we'll it save funny? It. We'll save it. Is it funny? It, right. it is we'll funny. It. <laughs> All right. But uh, as part of this coronavirus period, we're all going through this together. We're all trying to figure this out day by day. We're all quarantined, basically. Not officially, although at some point, just looking at some of the other states and some of the other countries and uh, like the UK is making people stay in their homes now. I think we're. I think we're going to be forced to... At some point here in the next probably several days or weeks, I don't know, be forced to stay home more than we are. But during that period and this last weekend, we've all discovered certain things on TV or going about in grocery stores. And so let's open up this forum here for the first ever edition of Quarantine Diaries. We will get an intro for this, but for today, let's just beta test drive it. Rami, why don't you start us off? Quarantine Discoveries or Quarantine Diaries, however you want to phrase it. Uh, what are some of the things that you discovered over the weekend that maybe you wouldn't have if you weren't quarantined to your home mostly? Well, one of the things I'm discovering, gentlemen, is 
is Rami, is me, is myself, and improving myself. That's a little Gentlemen. creepy. Can we move That's on? a little I mean, unsettling. we just end this part of the... This isn't about self-discovery in that That's way. That's not how I meant it, but uh, also true. Yeah. I was talking more about... The journey of self-improvement, gentlemen. I wish it were under different circumstances, but this quarantine is just what Rami needed. I'm telling you, somebody needed to pull me aside, Judd, and say, Rami, just go to work and stay home for a few months. Like, just don't leave the house unless you really, really need to for the next few months and just get yourself in order. Like, my apartment has never been cleaner. I'm cooking great meals, like, every night or every other night. I'm doing two-a-day workouts, strength training in the morning, yoga at night. I'm I'm more organized. I'm, I'm doing more stuff for work and for the show, just jumping on the computer and brainstorming and doing things. Like, I've, I haven't been this together and this much of an adult Maybe ever, maybe my entire adult life. I think, I think this is just what the doctor ordered, ordered. Again, I wish under different circumstances, but this is just what the doctor ordered for me. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good and really together, guys. I mean, other than the world burning around us, I feel great. I feel outstanding. I've never been more down. <laughs> I've never been more down. Um, so what did I discover? Well, on TV, now, I was not allowed by the wife to uh, watch this to its uh, to its um, conclusion, but I will say some of the greatest trash I found, if I'm not mistaken, Lifetime Movie Network. Oh, still, like, are they still still cheerleaders out that, that are cheerleaders that are spies? I didn't know that was a thing. Um, still, mothers and daughters that are trying to um, off other moms and daughters. Oh yeah. There's a you got to watch it during Christmas season. Some uh, of the uh, best Christmas flicks. There's a lot of good are intrigue. They sca- are they scandalous like that, Jonathan? Are the no, Christmas movies like that, scandalous? Okay, they're just all terrible, right. just like that. And okay. all of those Lifetime movies star either Melissa Joan Hart or <laughs> okay. Becky from Full House. <laughs> no, Not but, anymore. But these are no, no, no. These are these are like unknown actresses who clearly are being paid ten bucks an hour. <laughs> So, no, I'm not talking about, like, the Christmas-themed ones okay. that all have Aunt Becky or, as you said, uh, Clarissa Explains All or somebody <laughs> like that. No, I'm talking about unknown talent, youngsters that are trying to get a start, and they're in these, they basically look like old-school B-movies, for lack of a better description, but it is some first-class trash. But then, of course, there also is constantly my Eleanor marathons on, which are the savior. I've seen them all. I don't care. I'm going back through the entire Law and Order catalog, essentially, wow. and watching them all again. And you know what? It just makes me happy. The Law and Order. But you know what's the incredible, guys? The only person ever. I will say this. <laughs> with no sports. Yeah. And... I, I think that the rest of the people that I'm talking to, on the show at least, are uh, cord cutters. I will say for the, as many cable channels as I have, I'm surprised there's not more on. Like, there's a lot of just absolute garbage. I would, I really would think that well, there would be more things that would stop me, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is really interesting." A lot of shows, a lot of shows are on hiatus and have halted production for the same reason that we're sitting in different studios. I just right want reruns, now, Judd. man. They're, I want good reruns. No, I get that, but a lot of a lot, like all my late night talk shows yeah. have been gone. Conan, Colbert, The Daily Show, all have been off the air for a week, and I think. All three are coming back tonight in some sort of, in some form like or home? fashion. Conan, and I don't know if this was a joke or not, he tweeted that he's doing his show from home on his iPhone. 
It's probably true. He's going to be at home doing his show on his iPhone. I don't know if he was saying that as a joke or if it, or if he really meant it, but that's what he said. I'll Are they going to put that version out. on TBS, or is it yeah. just going to be on social? No, I think it's going to be on TBS. Amazing. Yeah. I love that the production bar has been lowered so much <laughs> in the last 10 days. Gone. We're like, they had outside the lines on last week, and Jeremy Schaap, with no lapel microphone or anything, was just like on his phone doing, doing like a selfie version of outside the lines interviewing people. So I... Uh, I discovered a show this weekend. Oh, boy. I can already tell this isn't going to go well. A show called Extreme Cougar Wives on TLC, uh, gentlemen. TLC? Okay. The Learning Channel, where you're learning all about 30-year yeah. age gaps between married couples. Okay. They featured three different couples, all with age gaps of at least 20 years, and I believe all of them with at least 25 years. Okay. And the featured couple had a 30-year age gap. Andrew was 30. And Jane was was sixty, and they both love Civil War reenactments. That's how they fell for each other. That's right. I gotta hear more. And uh, they definitely cozied up together a couple times in the episode where you saw them. Did they meet? Tongue making out. Did they meet oh. in doing a Civil War reenactment? I believe so. Yeah, I didn't catch the very beginning of the episode. See, I'd like to know where you actually sign up to go on these. Well, they were Civil they, War reenactment excursions. She lost her first husband in the actual Civil yeah. War. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Tatum Creek, yes. And then she married Sid for a while in the 30s, and that didn't work. <laughs> Tough battle. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, the the hook to the episode was they were they were talking about potentially adopting a child because Jane is just a little bit out of the age range where you'd be able to age 60 where you'd be able to birth one yourself. And so they had someone from an adoption agency come over and check out their home, which was filled with Civil War memorabilia and swords and bayonets and a cannon in the front lawn. But did they have them kitty-proofed? Not yet. <laughs> no, okay. Hold on. You're a cannon wanna... in the front lawn? <laughs> like you don't... You... Yes, like a Civil War cannon. No, you I, don't got, have I got those, you. Judd? Wow, I got a lot of baseball cards I found recently, <laughs> but no cannons. Uh, another thing that I discovered in my quarantine this weekend, Jonathan, if you could go to Joe Buck's Twitter account, do you have this ready to rock? Joe Buck, Joe Buck went to Twitter and posted a video this last week, and remember it was just a tweet. And he is he is so bored at this point. There's no play by play. There's you no know, football's over. You know he was getting into some baseball play by play, but like this is kind of Joe Buck's downtime. But he's looking at an off season that was much longer than he anticipated. Mm-hmm. And he said to keep my play by play skills sharp. He needs people to send him videos that he can do play-by-play of. And so Joe Buck soliciting videos for play-by-play on his Twitter account. Is he still doing this? Is he still taking requests? I think he is. Yeah, I think it's going to be for the week, right? That's why we're clipping Rami's yoga session tonight That's to send exactly to Joe Buck. exactly what I was going to say. You just read my mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. This needs to happen, yes. But Joe did have one. I think he posted one of like his, like his wife and kid or something. Not 100% sure. Jonathan will pull it up in just a minute. But we, that's what we need. We need Joe yeah, Buck doing play-by-play yep. of uh, of random events. What are the things that you guys discover this week? I need you guys to watch a documentary series on Netflix so we can we can do a deep dive on it and really talk this thing out. It's called Tiger King. Oh, this is making this was making the rounds yeah. for sure. I heard about this. What is it exactly? It's it centers around one guy. His name is Joe Exotic. Who he's he's a he's a he's a big cat enthusiast and has a private zoo that he owns down in Florida, Judd. I think it's in the Everglades area. 
And it it starts about him, but then it sort of branches out to the rest of the big cat enthusiast and collector world. And I'm telling you, these are the most insane people ever. But something about them, no pun intended, there is like a charisma or an animal magnetism to these people who collect and can control these big cats that... (laughs) They all have kind of literally cult followings, multiple husbands, multiple wives, some of whom may or may not have been murdered. Like, this is the strangest world that I have ever entered via a documentary. And it is fascinating and terrifying and hilarious. Do these big cat people ever end up with a happy story? It seems to me that we're always like, unbelievable how he could control that tiger. And then you wake <laughs> I, up so on true. an arbitrary Wednesday and Siegfried and Roy are dead. Yeah, as soon as that tiger gets a little old and senile and decides yeah. that you're no longer its friend, like, what if that tiger starts to have some dementia? Dude, this thing forgets it, who you are. This show is wild, <laughs> man. I, can't, I think I watched three episodes of it yesterday. Just yesterday. I just sat down and watched three straight episodes of it. It is insane. How long is it, or how many episodes? I think do it's you know? six or seven one hour episodes. No, you guys have to watch it because I need to discuss it on the air with you. It's amazing. I it's, did see one clip of of one of the main characters literally giving a tiger a piggyback ride see, this on is, a path. Okay. I think that was from that show. I'm not sure I need to see this. No, I'm telling you, like Judd. a full on tiger. Trust me on this. All right. Yeah, Judd, you have to watch this. It's cr- it's crazy and really really fascinating. Okay. It's not like I got something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna be watching the Twins A's on Thursday. No more excuses. Judd has to watch all the TV shows that we put in front of him now. I'm trying to clean. It's basically become my life. Did you wind up finding any Joe Buck clips over there? Yeah, I found the one he posted yesterday of his wife and his kid, I think. Okay. Here's what it sounds like. This is called negotiation, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to watch? Michelle on the left is trying to prepare dinner. Wyatt on the right fighting back a yawn dressed like... Kind of a half-assed Fred you Flintstone. You do want to watch Blippi? And he's now, he wants to watch Blippi, folks. Ah, oh, and he's ah, hit his mom. Oh. He has hit his mom. <laughs> mom is playing it up. Wyatt is crying. All hell is broken loose. Inside this house, quarantine day seven. For us, it's about day 13. Oh, Oh, but they're hugging. Everything has come back together. This is this is what we've come to as a oh, sports yeah. society. Yeah. Joe yeah. Buck literally doing well, play by play. What else is Joe gonna do? Kid hitting his mom. We're all stuck at home now too. It's amazing, amazing. So if you guys, if you're listening and uh, and you've got any ideas for us, we are all about quarantine discoveries. If you've got TV show recommendations, tweet them at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey, at Rami is tweeting. Quick, we want them all. Quick thought. Quick. <clears throat> how can I put this? Request to, to my, our friends at Fox Sports North. All right, these classic games, all right? They're not classics. Okay, but can't they we find... stop labeling them classics. I, I understand that HD is relatively new. I completely get that. But times are tough right now. And I could put up with an imperfect picture. Do you not... If you're Fox Sports North, do you not have what exists in the archives back to, let's say, the MSC days? I'd like to see like some... Paul Molitor's 3,000 picks. Yeah, exactly. I'd so, like to see something from the 90s, and I know the picture's not going to be great. Yeah. Or, you know, so if you have old North Star games or something, and MSC showed everything, too. I'd really... Let's stop... I understand it's tough, okay? So I'm trying not to complain too much here. 
But I do subscribe to cable and pay a lot. I'd like to see some <laughs> things I consider to be like, oh, that that's worthwhile. I'm sorry, but Miko Koivu's thousandth game, I was there just a few weeks ago. It's not a classic. I think, like, instant if you're, classic, Judd. Remember on the SPN Classic, they'd have yes, instant classics? I, just, I want old stuff. I think if you're, like, if you're labeling a game between the Twins and the Tigers from 2019 a classic, it's like, if it's Twins Rewind, okay, cool. But Twins Classic, I think, oh, Game 163, I think this. Yes. So I actually did some digging on this exact question last week. Nice. And it sounds like there are so many layers to this that you wouldn't even think of. Like, they have music coming in and out of commercial breaks that you have licenses for and, and you have licenses that expire. After, so, like, do they have the licenses for the music that was playing going into the third inning? And then if you don't, okay, like, who's going to go through and chop all that stuff up and et cetera, et cetera. There's, it's like more of a pain I got plenty in the of time. I can stop by on my way home. <laughs> Fox Sports North, I can help you out. I'm with you, though. It would be so much fun. to. W- I-, I would love to watch games from, like, the Contraction Twins era, the 2001 yeah. resurgence, right? The Chuck Knobloch having hot dogs and batteries thrown at him game where Bob Casey comes out and says, now quit this. You could, Tom Kelly had you to put could, his arm. You could find five games from the 90s in a heartbeat to clean up and use, right? Yeah. Like five be, games. Be super Mo- fun. Molitor's game in KC, 3,000th hit. You're right about that. The Knobloch game. Just off the top of our heads, we could come up with five instantly. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it'd be it'd be a lot of fun, and, I, and it would get me to watch more than like a game from last year. Like, if I could watch like the 2006, the 2006 game where uh, Burp Lilevin dropped an f bomb at Yankee Stadium. Like, can we rerun that one by chance? Poor Anthony LaPanta. Although that was a Channel 45 game, I think. I don't Tw- think 29. 29. Yep, okay. that was a Channel 29 game. Still, I'd like to see it. That was definitely a classic moment. That was absolutely a classic moment. I know they can't re-air it, but 100% classic. I mean, if they re-aired that with the bleeps and, pr- and promoted it, and Burt wouldn't be happy. But you know what? Burt's only doing 30 games anyways, <laughs> and the schedule's going to get cut even more. I mean, if they just said, all right, hey, this is this is a classic moment in Twins history, and it's hilarious. Let's let's run this and promote it. <laughs> they, it. They I'm sure Dave St. Peter would be thrilled by that. <laughs> this is great when Bly Levin dropped a couple F-bombs. Is Bly Levin sensitive about that? Yeah, I think so. I really? mean, I, I, the twins might be more uh, yeah. sensitive than Bert actually about that one. You're right. Actually, it's more the twins than Bert. Bert's kind of shameless and doesn't really like, care. Whatever. Yeah, uh, gentlemen. This morning on ESPN, Mike Greenberg followed through on his promise. We had Mike Greenberg on the show. Greeny comes on last week, and just to sum it up, the the time before, like a month ago, around the Super Bowl time, he said, "Listen, I would love for you guys next time I'm on." to do a segment, uh, we're, we'll just make one up out of thin air, and uh, and, we, and what, remi- remind me the name of the segment that we did with him last week. Uh, plausible Deniability. Plausible Deniability. Yeah. <laughs> and so we brought Plausible Deniability to Greeny last week, and he loved it so much, he told us on the show, hey, I love your show, I get a lot of material from your show, and I'm going to take this idea, run to my producers with it, and I'm going to bring it to ESPN and get up and give you guys credit. And so this, around 7.30 in the morning, we have the audio here, Jonathan. This is what happened on ESPN this morning. I have a new segment here that I'm creating. It is called Plausible Deniability. And I want to give credit where it is due. This was an idea that I cooked up in tandem with the guys at ESPN Radio in Minneapolis. The show is called Mackie and Judd with Ramey. Mm. And the basic idea of it is Mm. that you make a prediction, some sort of a hot-takey kind of prediction, that you sort of really believe to be true, although you recognize that it is a tad outrageous, but it is called plausible deniability because you don't expect to be held accountable for it a little bit later. 
You know, Rami, you have something wrong with that? You know. Go ahead, Rami. My whole life going through school. We're doing attendance on the first day of school, right? And I'm just waiting, just waiting, just waiting to get to my name, and they're going to mess it up. I know they're going to mess it up. They're just going to mess it up. Today I'm watching that, and it was like reliving that all over again, <laughs> but in slow motion and on national TV. I heard him, I heard him start to say the name of the show, and it was like, Mackie and George. <laughs> and I was like, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Ramy, oh, oh, Ray. oh, it's okay, Ramy. Oh, poor guy, so close, poor guy, so close, greedy man. Mm. Well, th- thank God he didn't have to take a shot at Zolgad. <laughs> Would have been no chance on that one. The key is to have your first name obviously be not that difficult, because I would have been Zulgad, Zulgod, something like that. Something like that. Uh, people also like people are chiming in on social media. ESPN Radio. We are still an ESPN affiliate here because we carry ESPN Radio programming throughout the day and ESPN Radio play by play. Usually, not not this week, obviously. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so people are wondering, why did he call you an ESPN radio? Because we are technically an ESPN radio affiliate. He did not say Score North, but in his mind, like, oh, yeah, it's an ESPN affiliate. Yeah. I'm going on well, their station. Well, we're lucky we got mentioned, so yeah. no complaining from us. We'll take the mention. Ah. <laughs> Ray, just a little? Ramey, Ramey, Maybe it's just okay. A complaining. Are Can you I sh- complain just a little? You know, I feel, I feel like it, it might be a, a good move if going forward now you just change the pronunciation of your first name to adapt to what Greeny said. Can we play it again? Do you have it queued up? I want to hear. I have a new segment here that I'm creating. It is called Plausible Deniability. And I want to give credit where it is due. This was an idea that I cooked up in tandem with the guys at ESPN Radio in Minneapolis. The show is called Mackie and Judd with Ramey. And the basic idea of it is that you make a prediction, some sort of a hot takey kind of prediction that you sort of really believe to be true, although you recognize that it is a tad outrageous, but it is called plausible deniability because you don't expect to be held accountable for it a little bit later. I feel like, by the way, in addition to offending Rami deeply by mispronouncing his name, I feel like Greeny... I say deeply, but it hurts. It sounds like you're deeply offended. I feel like Greeny hedged the segment. <laughs> what, you are know, we going to break like it he, down? I feel like he hedged the segment. What happened? The, the, the spirit of the segment, as we went through last week with him, is, listen, this is a safe ground to say whatever you want, hot take, right. opinion, or otherwise. Right. There's no other explanation needed. This is a safe ground. The next 10 minutes or whatever it's going to be, if you have an opinion on something or a thought or a take, the idea is that you do genuinely believe that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like he... I feel like he hedged it a little bit. I feel like he knew that the guys who were on the show with him were going to be like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. So did he throw out his own plausible deniability? Marcus takes? Spears hated his prediction so much, he told him to stop calling our show. <laughs> <laughs> probably good advice, Yeah, actually. probably. That's probably best for Greedy's career, really. So uh, we can add ESPN what did he say? producers to our titles. Do you recall? He said... Uh, Tom Brady will win a Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick will never coach in another one. Oh, that's a, okay. Hold, like on. It. hold on a second. That's write that down. That is a write that down. That's way more write that down yeah. than it is plausible deniability. I think plausible deniability is a very close cousin of write that down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I feel it's like, like a first it's, cousin. It's his irresponsible cousin who nobody holds accountable. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. Which is why I, I said that the Jets were going to, going to win the AFC East, 
when I had my plausible deniability take because that's outrageous. Like, you would never say write that down. Yeah, I think... uh, The Belichick-Brady one he threw out there is actually maybe not that far-fetched. I think the real segment that they should steal is write that down. But we're going to hoard that for us. Because we're the only one that does that in the well, entire I mean, time. If Greeny is ever on the show for Write That Down, you you can be sure wait. they'll be doing it the next morning on Get Up. Wait, wait, wait. Could we all profit, the three or four of us, by selling the rights to these segments to Greeny? Probably, yeah. In which case, I am more than willing right now to make a deal. I mean, there's all kinds of instances of that in the music industry, right? Like Chris Stapleton's big now, but Chris Stapleton was writing songs for 15 or 20 years and no one knew who he was. We could be the Chris Stapleton... Of ESPN's TV shows in the morning. I mean, I hate country music, but I'm okay with that because he, he's rich. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of like where you're going with this. So Greeny, for lack of a better explanation, was sampling Mackie and Judd with Ramey. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Judd's okay. all God. Yes. Hey, Royce, calls me that, so you, you can't get... I'm so used to my last name being mispronounced that I go with anything. Zolgat. All right, coming up next on Mackie and Zolgat with Ramey, five splash moves the Vikings could make if they wanted to, and... Let us not forget. Mackie and Jabalrami on Score North and the Score North app. Minnesota sports fans, we know you're hunkering down and we're here and we here at Score North are with you every step of the way through these unprecedented times. Got something to say, something to get off your chest? Leave us a mic drop message on the Score North mobile app. You may even hear it played back on your favorite Score North show on AM 1500, scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I urge you to continue to do the things you need to do. Stay home, Minnesota. Flatten the curve on this, protecting those most vulnerable, and uh, we'll just we'll drive on through this. Minnesotans have been through long winters before. Uh, we'll get through this one. We'll get through it together. So stay healthy. We'll be back in touch. Governor Tim Walls doing video conferences now and selfie videos because he has self-quarantined because he came in contact with somebody who contracted coronavirus. Oh, he did? I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't think... He has any symptoms yet, Governor Tim Walls? But you don't know. Yeah. He did say that the latest models from the University of Minnesota project that 40, this is a wide range, but 40 to 80% of Minnesotans will contract coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So now it's possible that some of us have already had it and we don't know because there was no symptoms. There's just so many unknowns. All right. But um, Judd and I just saw this come across. We're going to get to five splash moves the Vikings could make if they so choose. And let us not forget coming up as well. But Judd and I just saw this come across from someone named Jesse Aaron Paul on Twitter. He's verified. And he is saying liquor stores and recreational marijuana shops and breweries are all being ordered to close in Denver temporarily. The liquor store one here. If that happens here, if they close liquor stores, we don't have recreational marijuana shops here yet. But if they close liquor stores, what do you guys think the reaction around the Twin Cities will be? Panic. I mean, Declan already told us on Score North Live today, weekdays noon to two, by the way. It's me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities. You can go and listen to it anytime you want. Scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. He went panic shopping in, in the liquor store over this weekend and bought way more White Claw than he's going to need. And that was without any indication that liquor stores were about to close. Imagine if that if that edict comes down. Oh, it's going to be pandemonium in the liquor store. Absolute pandemonium. 
I mean, we just got the ability to buy it on Sundays, and now they're going to take it away from us completely? Yeah. It might be for, yeah, but it it might be for your own protection and safety, Jonathan Harrison. Yeah, but. Well, if grocery stores are going to stay open, why can't liquor stores stay open? Because we need food and, you know, essential (laughs) items. We don't need liquor? What if if the liquor store is attached to a grocery store? Then I bet bet it stays open. Keep it open. So so I bet in your cub, because I know exactly what you're getting at. I in fact I think I saw something that in, independent hypothetically indep- you live right you there. live right by it independent <laughs> liquor store is somewhere n- not here obviously I read had closed but I think they did say if they were part of a grocery store they might have left them open or something like that I actually think we should open up the phone lines for this for for two things <laughs> a quarantine discoveries what are your quarantine discoveries that you want to share with us. And how would you feel if liquor stores closed? 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. Um, I see fear in Judd's eyes right now on the video <laughs> chat. I see fear in your it. eyes, sir. I you would? Be, I wouldn't be happy. I'd make it. Mm. No, I might live with somebody in St. Louis Park who, when it comes to wine, might not make it. <laughs> Stock up. I'm not naming any names. Don't want to indict anybody. Oh, but, man. Stella the dog but just loves yeah. a good but let's cab just say, late at night. Let's just say if Stella can't get her wine and uh, <laughs> smokes, we might have problems. <laughs> Dog that smokes. Smoke, Who would smoke, have known? Smokes shouldn't be a problem because gas stations are staying open. I would assume they can't oh. close down gas stations, can they? No, I don't think that, that they can. Oh, so, by the way, quickly, the story again that, that I told you guys on the uh, video last night, happy hour. So this is the this is the biggest violation that I've seen yet of the whole social distancing. Right? I go to my convenience store to get. Two Sunday papers and two pops yesterday. I put my stuff down, and my cashier guy is a really nice, he's an overly nice type of guy, right? Every time I go in, how you doing? What's going on? And, you know, I just want to get my stuff. But it's it's nice. Ordinarily, it's fine. But he said, would you like a bag? And I said, yes, please, to put the papers in. So I've got my car keys on the newspaper. Mm. And guys, I'm not kidding. So bad. In an overgregarious, like completely oblivious to what we're going through right now, he's like, I'll just move these keys for you, sir. And he puts his big hand, his paw, on my keys and moves them. So he like he didn't just like grab a little section of a key. No, and he's slide like, it I'll over. just move these over. But so he wasn't t- now in his defense, he shouldn't have done that. But yeah. at the same time, because I think some we might be going a little bit too far in watching every every person's every little every little move. Sure, he was gonna grab the newspaper and and the pop and put it in the bag, which you were later gonna touch, wasn't he? He was gonna bag that yeah, stuff, or you weren't gonna bag it yourself. Probably, so, probably, but it just felt weird to have because people ordinarily never would grab your keys in ordinary times. It's also it was le- just sort of weird. Flip it around, Rami. It's less about is he infecting Judd, which the answer, by the way, is. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's touching everything that's going. That's the thing. Whether you get takeout or go to a grocery store or a liquor store, someone is putting those things on the shelves, and like there is a right. Top. Yeah, it's the other way around. What are the th- what are like the top three or four things that you might be infecting that if somebody else touched it, they would be highly car keys would come phone car keys. Yeah, you're right, right. Someone's computer. <laughs> he just like grabbed. He's like, let me move these for you. Like, no, like, oh, so oblivious. Coronavirus. I mean, I'm literally like, I'm walking through. The hallways of my apartment, like this building, because just there's a small handful of us that are still coming in here to do shows and production, 
And I'm even though we don't really need winter gloves anymore because it's like 40 or 50 degrees out, I'm carrying one winter glove with me mm-hmm. just to grab door handles Same. and carts and anything. And then, and then I'm paranoid to touch the glove. Like a batting glove. Because, okay. Like Stick this, in your back pocket when you're done. This glove is great, but like now the glove is contaminated. So I, like this is what I'm going through every you know, hour of I my life. The, I, I keep the pair of gloves that I use to do the same thing. I keep them in my car. They never leave my car until I come here, open the door handles when I need to, and then take them off once I get in my car. I'm not glad this is happening by any means, but... Like, now you all know what it feels like to be me. Now you all know. Now you all laugh at me and my germophobia and my other neuroses. Welcome to my hell, people. All right? this this I think about these things on a day-to-day basis, pandemic or no pandemic. And, I mean... Phones are still going in bathrooms, so I don't really feel all that much More than sympathy ever or empathy for Yeah, which I is ridiculous. In, in the John and read about Corona. Mackie just talked about points of contact and the things that you have in your hands the most, like phones and keys, but is still taking his phone in the bathroom with him. Okay, this is making sense. Well, I'm, not taking, this. All I'm not taking my keys in the oh, bathroom. Oh, no, so that would be I'm crazy. Minimizing I've got TV that. shows to binge. What do you expect me to do? For sure, man. I've got tweets to respond to, okay? <laughs> Those 12 minutes, sometimes 15, depending on what I had to eat the, the night before, are very important. 651-646-8255. Tim in Minnetonka, you're on Score North with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. So a uh, quick comment on the uh, the liquor store issue, and then I've got a piece of advice for everybody in these odd times we find ourselves in. But uh, sadly, to close liquor stores right now would be dangerous from a public health standpoint you'd have you know i don't know where you'd put the numbers but literally thousands of people that are physically dependent on alcohol suffering withdrawal symptoms and crashing the healthcare system which is exactly what we don't need right now so it's actually in the best interest as crazy as that sounds in a public health standpoint to uh, to keep the liquor stores open um and then my one piece of advice you'd mentioned just kind of bit areas where you find yourself most likely to come in contact with with germs set up apple pay use your phone to i guess you could say without contacting the actual console where you typically put your credit card you don't have to worry about you know uh contacting uh, you know any germs from that standpoint there's a huge issue in superior wisconsin just today where they feel like there was a lot of community spread based on on grocery stores. And we all have to go to grocery stores. So take a minute or whatever device you use, set up, you know, Apple Pay or whatever service uh, it might be, but that could be a huge, uh, huge helper. Tim, that's great advice. Thank you for calling 651-646-8255. Some of them, you still have to use the pad. You still have to punch in your code on the pad. Have you guys ever seen Indiana Jones Temple of Doom? Yeah, of course. Where Indy is, he's, he's stuck in like this little chamber and there's a there's a ceiling, motorized ceiling with spikes that's going to come down and kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever the gal's name is, she has to reach into this little corridor to pull a switch so that Indiana Jones doesn't get killed. And so, in this little corridor where only your arm can fit into, and like maybe some space around your arm, there's like all these bugs and critters and disgusting things. And so she's like sticking her arm in this little corridor to try and pull the switch without touching any of the bugs because it's just disgusting. That's how I feel at gas stations when you have to slide your card into one of those chip readers and it doesn't just like take the bottom quarter of your card. You have to like put the whole card in right? and then the plastic part is kind of around it and like 
yesterday I'm sitting there feeling like I'm in an Indiana Jones movie, like trying not to touch the plastic, but like I, I got to take my glove off because it's too thick to fit and it's just like you, mental you need torture. A batter's glove, man. That's what you should start. You should go or just like pla- or just like but rubber, just gonna glove, fit, rubber yeah, gloves. Just a thin glove, yeah. 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 And it's only, I mean, not to sound the alarms, but like there are, there's nothing that says this is just going to get better tomorrow. So this is only going to progress day no? after day. So, anyways, on that uplifting note, it better not be if it's eighteen months. Like I can only my self improvement binge can only last so Dude, long. Think how fit you're going to be if you do Yoga Revolution. Yeah, what's it? Thirty one day? You do it eighteen. But times? then he's going to eat it t- at ten o'clock like he did last night. Biscuits <laughs> and it's going to even itself. That was out. dinner. We Wait, still, but it was still ten o'clock. Yeah, it's still ten o'clock. I had a late dinner. What's the big deal? A late, late dinner's dinner. not good for you. you had, that's that's, that's a wives' tale. That's not true, dude. You had nine garlic biscuits. I and crashed two, immediately. And I, had, I ate two and a half biscuits, and I didn't crash immediately afterwards. I watched WrestleMania one, so we could do Rewind Mania on Score North Live Listen. today. Score North Live weekdays noon to two. It's me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities. If, you were making, let's say, salad for yourself and some grilled chicken. I'd say you're right. Ten o'clock's fine. Beef stew is just protein and veggies, man. That's I, all it is. It's a big bowl of protein and veggies. Right, but the biscuits are going to get you. Two and a half biscuits. Do you know where the biscuits go? Here. All they, things they in moderation. Right all right things in moderation. Right in the hips. Dudley. Don't show your hips on camera. <laughs> they go right in the hips. I'll tell you that right now. Amazing. 651-646-8255 if you have any other ideas or advice for us. But gentlemen... Football. You like that? You like that? Over on scorenorth.com, our friend Matthew Collar from Purple Daily has five splash moves the Vikings can still make if they choose to. So the Vikings only have about $14 million in cap space as of yesterday, according to overthecap.com. So they have a little bit of wiggle room to bring in a player or two if they want to, via trade or or signing. I'm just going to throw these five moves at you. We'll kind of go one by one here. And I want your thoughts on these things, okay? You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's kick these around. Let's go. Do we need music for that? I was just going to say this. We, we probably should, right? This, right? right? All right, John, right? Let's yeah. fire this What up. are we doing? Football! Football! Yeah! Football! Football! Good call, Ronnie. Thank you. All right, these are five splash moves the Vikings can still make if That's they so choose. That's thinking clearly, Judley, from all my yoga and meditation and self-enlightenment. Um, carry on, Matthew. Would you trade draft picks for Trent Williams? Yeah, I think I'd do that. I mean, we need to be a little more specific before I can fully answer the question, but I would entertain that idea. Again, the reason that these Stefan Diggs trade didn't make sense to me in the aftermath of the Kirk Cousins extension was because those seem like two different paths. You're trading assets that can help you now while you're also, or trading for assets that are going to help you down the road while you're also signing assets that help you win now. Trent Williams helps you win now, and if you have to trade some of the assets that might help you down the road to do that, that jibes with the Kirk Cousins signing. So yeah, I think I would do that. If Trent is back to full health of the five uh possible scenarios that Kala writes about, this is my favorite. I love it. Because if he's recovered completely after a year off, I believe he is 31, correct? He'll be Yeah, he'll be 32, basically, okay. uh, when training camp starts. But he's a left tackle. He's very good. And 32 at that position is not exactly ancient. No. So to Rami's point, I, it helps you now, but I also think that if you sign him to a contract that is a multi-year contract... It could help you three years from now, too. 
I would expect that a guy like Trent Williams could probably play till the age of 35 or so and be effective. Would I trade draft picks and do this deal in a heartbeat? It also answers a position that you just can't seem to get right fully. And if this guy is back to playing where we know he can play, it solves it. I would trade one of my first-round picks for Trent Williams. A first-round pick and maybe a late-round pick for him. There's other examples around the league. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is a prime example. Andrew Absolutely. Whitworth, when the Vikings were kind of flirting with him a few years ago, was old. He was like 35 then. Andrew Whitworth's like 38 years old or something now. Uh-huh. And so could Trent Williams from 32 to 35 be that franchise left tackle that you've needed for a long time here, ever since you blew the Matt Khalil draft pick? If you if you traded a first-round pick for Trent Williams, you would have effectively swapped Stefan Diggs for a franchise left tackle and maybe even got a couple extra picks on top of it. I'd do it. So I think it makes perfect sense. All right, move number two. Splash if you're seeing me coughing, I just had a little coffee go down the wrong pipe. Nothing to worry about here, all right? You're Nothing di- you're to worry about. I was lodging. What okay. happened? I just he coughed. I saw, I saw Why is there blood on the counter? I had some coffee go down the wrong pipe. And it's had, Rammy! I had a little coughing fit. What's wrong bike. with Rammy? I just didn't want to panic people who are watching on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. I'm fine. I don't have the Rona. Not, not that I know of, at least. We don't have enough tests. But I'm sorry. Carry Come on! on. Football! Here's the second splash move. If they wanted to do so, they could sign Jadeveon Clowney. Now... It's going to cost you a large percentage of the $14 million in cap space you I have. I saw today that he turned down an offer from the Miami Dolphins and is looking for a deal in the $20 million range. That's aggressive. Okay, and, and, you don't, do and you don't have it. What if it was <laughs> exactly. like, what if it was 12 or $14 million if it was essentially all of what you have and you would have Daniil Hunter on one end and Jadeveon Clowney on the other end? I mean, that's a ridiculous duo of pass rushers. And he could, I mean, he could come back to that. He could, you know, keep keep exploring the market and see that that number that he was looking for just isn't out there. But as of today, I just found the story while you were talking, Mackie. He rejected $17 million per year from the Dolphins because he's looking for a deal in the neighborhood of 20 But the Dolphins are not great, right? And so here, here's what I, I would propose if he continues to be out there in the coming days. I would propose that defensively, Zimmer and company can find a way to use him absolutely correct. Sign a one-year deal. It'll be lucrative, but it won't exactly... Knock your socks off, right? But one year in Zimmer's defense of Hunter, Pierce now, who I think can stop the run for sure, and then on the right end, for instance, Clowney, could be attractive to both sides. And if Jadavion Clowney comes back and stays healthy in 2020 and has the type of year he's probably capable of, he's going to get paid, probably not here, but he's going to get a multi-year contract. I think you would present him with a really good opportunity on a one-year Richardson-like deal from a few years ago where, hey, this is going to help you, it's going to help us, and then go out there and knock them dead on the next contract. So I don't know, it, if if you make that signing and somehow make it fit salary cap-wise, it essentially eliminates signing any other players, really. Like, you're down to draft picks and that's about it. Yep. So signing Jadeveon Clowney would mean that you can't do, like, three bargain bin starting caliber players that would help fill your roster. I would still do it because it would make your defensive line ridiculous. I'm still going door one, though. The first, the, well, if it's the choice, Williams deal to me, I love. I I like this idea, but David Clowney would have to be willing to do it on my terms. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. All right, number three potential splash move the Vikings could still make, according to Matthew Collar's article on ScoreNorth.com. You could trade Anthony Harris and sign Logan Ryan, Indonikan Sue, and wide receiver Robbie Anderson. So you would essentially be moving 
the eleven million dollars in uh, in cap space that Anthony Harris would take up, and you would add that to the fourteen million dollars you presently have, creating twenty five million dollars in cap space, and you'd be getting presumably some decent draft pick compensation in return. And so you would then, instead of spending a lot of that money on one player, you would spend it on three potential players. Your thoughts? This one does not excite me much. It's it's a lot of guys who are pretty good, um, but it doesn't give you... I If you were on the precipice of what you thought was a championship, right? And these guys were going to come in and you thought, okay, these guys are, are close to their prime and going to help you a lot. Now, it's not that these three guys aren't good, but this sort of feels to me like going to a garage sale on a Friday. And, oh, yeah, there's some cool stuff No, it's left. like going to the grocery store now. Yeah. That, that's what it's kind of Well, there's like nothing to, left there. Right, yeah. But, I mean, it just feels like, to, to use, I think you brought this up last week, to use an analogy that Rami used, it feels like going to the grocery store and having to settle for one ply. It's like, I don't really want one ply, but there's nothing else left, so I'll take it. So, this one doesn't excite me. Mm. One ply is rough, man. I know, but I mean, if that's all that's left, you're going to take it. Okay, I'll take Indomitian Sue. He's old and beat up. Is he a bad player now? No, but is he... Is Does the name justify what you think you're going to get back at this point? Probably not. I'm actually in on the Robbie Anderson portion of this equation because you need a number two wide receiver. He probably doesn't cost that much. And he's a guy that you could probably connect with deep down the field. He's uh, he's a guy that probably gets better with Kirk Cousins compared to Does some the of the Jets of quarterbacks. No, the rest of it doesn't. Yeah, me neither. So if, if I could take the Robbie Anderson portion of this, I am interested in Robbie Anderson. Just cherry pick, okay. So as a number two, number probably number three wide receiver ideally, but right now he'd be your number two. All right, move number four the Vikings could make. Splash moves. Trade Riley Reef, clear up some money. And just flat out sign 38 year old star left tackle Jason Peters. 38, but I am 100 better than Riley Reef. He is, but I'm 100% out. Uh, a couple years ago, or three years ago, I believe he missed almost the entire season, played in like six games or something because of a severe knee injury, uh, missed three games last year. This guy in his prime was really, really good, but he's 38. He's beat up to hell. If I'm going to go down this path, it's not for Peters. Uh, plus, I don't know if a team would take Reef, so this one is a non-starter. If I'm going to pursue a left tackle, it's the first one with Williams that you brought up. I'd try to trade Reef, but I'm with Judd. I don't know that you have any takers. But Peters, it interests me. Because, I mean, I'm looking at Collar's column right now on scorenorth.com. You can also read it on the totally free Score North app, your one-stop shop for all written content from Score North. And last year, he still graded as the fourth-best pass blocker in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. And I understand that the age and the injury history is a concern, but where you're at right now, like I said, you've gone all-in on Kirk Cousins for the next two or three years. A one-year deal with Jason Peters and taking that big swing, even with the risk of a big miss, I think think makes sense for where the franchise is at right now and what they're trying to do. And move number five. I guess just to put an answer on that last one, I would, I mean, listen, Jason Peters is even at 38 and banged up is better than Riley Reef. So I, I would do it if, if Jason Peters, if you get down this list and some of these other moves are not feasible or possible, but this one is and it makes Kirk Cousins better, I do it. But I'm with Judd. Like, there are other appealing options on this list. The fifth one reckless speculation. Five splash moves the Vikings can still make if they so choose. Trade low draft picks for wide receiver Brandon Cooks or wide receiver 
Alshon Jeffrey. Cooks enters next season with a $17 million cap hit. He's on the trade block. Nope. Jeffrey carries a $15 million <laughs> cap hit into 2020. Could you find a way to bring one of those guys on? I'm I, I'm a hard no on this. I would rather ju- I honestly would rather just go with like BC Johnson and use why that money they, to beef up other positions. Why are the Eagles shopping Elshon Jeffrey when they had no one for Carson Wentz to throw the football to last year? I think I think he's pretty much cooked. And that salary cap hit is enormous. It's aggressive. That's not a good salary cap. Yeah, hit. that that would be I believe the second or third highest salary cap hit no. on the Vikings roster if you brought either one of those two guys in. No, thank you. I'm making no moves if I am Spielman and company. I'm making zero moves that are solely look like they're based on 2020. I'm not. I'm doing everything. Now, if I can help myself in 2020 and then subsequently beyond, I'm intrigued. But if it's like Jason Peters or that move with Cooks or Jeffrey... I'm not doing it because it's all that's all based on one year. And I'm sorry, I don't see any way that you are good enough to make a one year move. Make everything based on if it helps you next season, that's fantastic. Yeah. But more importantly, almost almost everything they're doing seems to be geared at twenty twenty one. And if that's if that's the case and they're just all in there, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It is there are still moves to make here, and that's the interesting part. Like, with there, There's like four or five or six different players on the roster right now that could be moved or restructured. Like, there's The Vikings, I, I can't remember an offseason where they went in with so many different complicated combinations and possibilities, and there's so many players out there that could be had right now. I still think this kind of feels like the calm before the storm a little bit for the Vikings. Like a big trade is coming or something's going to happen. Do you guys think... You're just hoping that for so many reasons. Reckless speculation. One for the Vikings and two just so we have something sports to talk about. Oh, no, no, no. One for us, two for the Vikings. Well, yeah. Three scenarios with Reef. Question for both of you guys. Do you think that Riley Reef is the opening day left tackle? One for the Vikings in 2020. Do you think he is too gone either via trade or release, or do you think he is the opening day left guard for the Vikings? I don't think he is a Viking on opening day. So I guess it's a no across the board. I okay. agree. I agree with Mac. I, I just don't think okay. like he's... I don't know. if it, it, It's so easy to get out from underneath a large chunk of that money, and he's not a star-caliber player. You know, I, I would think it was a harder decision to say goodbye to Linval Joseph than it would be to say goodbye to Riley Reef. That's... Even... even even looking at, like, there's so many other harder decisions. Trading Stefan Diggs, harder decision to me, even though there was a falling out, right. than say goodbye to Riley Reef, especially if you think you can line up one of these other options. That's what, that's what I was going to say. In, in the case of Joseph, I think they firmly knew that they were going to get the guy from Baltimore, okay? So what this says to me is that there's probably a plan for a left tackle, but it's not solidified it's not enough yet to feel comfortable in either trying to trade him or more likely, my guess is if he's gone, they just have to cut him. Yeah. So this is Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. When we come back, a couple of things. We'll wrap with our friend Patrick Royce and we'll dive into another edition of Let Us Not Forget during this coronavirus quarantine. But let's stick here for a brief moment and talk about one of our partners here, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around for over 100 years. Federated has seen a lot of things when it comes to helping business owners. A lot of different uh, points in history, a lot of different ups and downs with the market. And Federated has stood behind business owners for years and years and years. 
with the promise that as long as they are sticking to their values, which is to help you succeed as a business owner, then they are also succeeding. In fact, that's exactly how Federated measures their success. If you succeed, they succeed. Federated brings, like I said, over a 100 years of experience in helping business owners. You get a great relationship with someone who will be very attentive to the success of your business. And, you know, if if you do get to a point where you have to file a claim of some kind, you can take comfort knowing that the extensive team of pros at Federated is here to put their knowledge and experience to work for you and your business. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries that Federated protects and to find your local Federated rep. Federated. It's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. The American Red Cross is facing a severe blood shortage due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Healthy blood and platelet donors are asked to give now. Donating blood is safe and can help save lives. Please schedule an appointment by calling 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit scorenorth.com keyword red to learn more and sign up to give blood. Uh, boys, I don't want to ruin your day, but it seems like Peyton Manning turned down ESPN's Monday Night Football. I just saw that. Job, Dude, according that is... to the New York Post. Why? Uh, it says in Andrew Marchand's column over there that it the reason was, the overriding factor was whether Manning finally wanted to enter the broadcast booth and commit to the weekly schedule in the fall. The answer apparently remains no. Commit to the weekly schedule like it's... It's 16 days. Yeah, but it's traveling and doing the interviews and the prep work. Okay, and blah, blah, blah. Tony Romo takes a private jet for those Sunday afternoon games. Tony Romo takes a private jet in on Saturday night and then a private jet out on Sunday night. And he's back home by like, he's probably back home for a late dinner, Rami style. How late? He's gone for like 24 like hours. With biscuits? Probably he's going to get fat. Why, why does he want to be fat? Biscuits. Guys, that's a wives tale about not eating late. So no, it's a wives tale. It's not true. Keep telling yourself that. No, okay, I Mr. know. I've, I've, I've read the research. Okay, uh-huh. telling you, results nope. show. This stinks. Okay. I'm not. I'm not happy about that. I like, this I really like stinks. How, I like how I'm. So do, they I'm, I'm working out twice a day, and Judd and Jonathan are giving me health tips. You, you know, get <laughs> get on my level before you start giving me health tips. All right, come do yoga with me tonight, like Mackie's going to do. I'm live not going to be internet. in a room I'm with in. anybody else. So no, I'm gonna, I mean, be, gonna be careful when it comes to this yoga thing tonight. The Mackie and Judd with Rami Happy Hour streaming live on Twitter and Facebook and Twitch later. Got to be careful about the shorts and the camera positioning. Okay, just going to throw that out there. I don't, High I, angles. I don't are need your friend to be watching here. this. Whatever happens, happens. All right. Uh, it's all nature. Still... High angles are your friend. We're all humans. Hmm. But Peyton Manning, seriously, we don't need to what see. You, mean, you don't. You don't, don't want to work sixteen times out of three hundred sixty-five days. So, but is this it? Fly now? private. But I mean, so does, where do they go? But does this mean he's just not going to do this? Because at some point, yeah. you know, they're going to. They'll probably ask for, what, a couple more years? Uh, but unless he comes with his hand raised saying, I want in, eventually they're probably going to stop asking. I just thought, I thought the key was to have Eli retire. Didn't, didn't you guys? I thought Eli I thought retiring was going to trigger him to be like, okay, cool, I'll do this. And now, and Jonathan's right. What's the backup plan? I mean, their master plan was Al Michaels and Peyton, and NBC turned him down because I, I believe Al has two years left on that contract. What's the plan now? Well, this is a good segue into it's, it, it's a good segue into what's now become a weekly segment here. Rami Makloff's brainchild here a couple weeks ago. During these times of coronavirus quarantine where there's no live sports, it's easy to forget certain things, right? It's easy to forget certain things about our local teams, about national teams and leagues. And so let me start out with the first one, gentlemen. Let us not forget during this time of coronavirus quarantine, as of right now, 
Booger McFarland is still calling games on Monday Night Football. Just going to leave that right there. As of right now, Booger McFarland is still taking you through Monday happen, Night Football. Right? They can't let that happen. No. Right? No. They can't. No. As of right now. I think Tess and Booger ha- are probably gone. But here's but the question now is, okay, so if they're gone, what's the plan? What's the backup plan? Yeah, I think their plan was Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, it, it was Romo, and then CBS re-signed him. Like, who else is out there that excites you? Kevin you Harlan. finally convince Randy Moss to go in the booth? Dude, can, can, Randy Moss and Kevin Harlan? That was my idea. That I've always said fun. that. Or Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller. Hey, Jim, Jim Ross can do football. Did the XFL first time Jim Ross has done the XFL. I think Replace Jim, Vass Gurgeon. Pretty sure that uh, Jesse Ventura was a color commentator, too, for the XFL yeah, 20 that years was, ago. that was interesting. All right. So, right, Rami, you fire away. We're doing Let Us Not Forget. Is mm-hmm. that where we're at? All right, gentlemen. Let us not forget, guys, that Giannis Adentacumbo was on his way to yet another MVP season. Let us not forget that the Milwaukee Bucks had a four-game better record than the Los Angeles Lakers and were outscoring opponents by 11.1 points per 100 perceptions. And when you look at the man-to-man comparisons of Giannis and LeBron, who people tried every storyline, every narrative to try and twist the MVP debate to LeBron's side. Oh, he's playing for Kobe, so it's harder. It's more adversity for him, so he should be the MVP. Just Giannis is averaging 29.6 points per game to LeBron James 25.6, and Giannis does it in four fewer minutes per game than, than LeBron does. If you look at the per 36 comparisons, not even close. Giannis is putting up 34.5 points per 36 possessions, while LeBron is only putting up 26.4. And if you look at just the per game numbers, uh, Giannis is better there as well than, than LeBron James is. Let us not forget, gentlemen, that Giannis was putting together a great season, and yet another MVP season, despite what some talking heads in the sports world were trying to tell you just before the NBA came to a screeching halt thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Let us not forget that Giannis is the 2020 NBA MVP. And let us not forget that when the Lakers and the Bucks eventually play each other in the NBA Finals, LeBron will dominate and the Lakers will win in five. That's probably true. <laughs> that doesn't change well, the just, fact just caved that right Giannis in. is wow. the MVP. Caved right Different in. discussion. <laughs> Different discussion. Don't worry about LeBron it. Is, LeBron is not the MVP. Giannis is the MVP. There will be no NBA Finals. Oh, come on, Judd. Don't do that. We'll be lucky to have a baseball season. So, uh, Judd. We will be lucky to have a baseball season. Judd. Rami. He's not I'm, wrong. I'm on Rami. A, I'm on a quest for self-improvement, Rami? and you're making it hard for me to stay positive, all right? Well, let's just pretend that there's a chance we could still have these things. Or even if not, what are some things that you want us to remember? What, 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 what is your let us not forget? Oh, let us not forget one very simple thing, Twins fans, because when baseball does return, and it might be at some point this summer, and it might be in 2021, let us not forget that when I left spring training, Miguel Sano was in phenomenal shape. And now he's been sent home to do whatever, and I have no clue. And basically, he's at his own devices, and we can all hope that that works out for him. He was during the winter, too, right? And he but got in pretty good shape. He was in, when I, I saw him in the clubhouse, which was two weeks ago today, walking around with no shirt on, that man was for him, for him, because he obviously is a very big guy, basically chiseled. Miguel Sano had gotten himself in fantastic shape, and I was so curious to see with an entire season that he would start healthy, unlike last year. Let us not forget that he could have had a really interesting and perhaps, who knows, phenomenal season. I don't know how good he he would have been at first base. 
That was going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to go even. I'm, so gonna, I'm, I'm being are positive. You worried, actually. Are you worried that he's not going to maintain that while while we're all on quarantine, Judd? I'm just saying it's challenging. Oh yeah, and I'm not kidding. That's, no, I know absolutely. And I, I mean, this guy had gotten himself into phenomenal shape. I would imagine, guys, that the sk- the sales for things like Peloton and other home workout equipment is so that sky- me- is what's that mirror one? You buy right the, the mirror the mirror workout. Yeah, that thing. looks pretty that? cool. What's that? That looks really cool. Yeah, it's like a mirror that like also plays videos of you know personal trainer person firing you up. I, I almost pulled the trigger on it, but then I just grabbed another white claw. And it, <laughs> yeah. Went back I mean, to the couch. Like Put it this way. If, if Miguel Sano <laughs> is doing anything like what I've been doing the last couple weeks, he's pretty much just drinking mango white claw and eating Dots pretzels every day. So hopefully... And, and hopefully. you know what? Who knows? That's the problem with <laughs> this. Who pretzels knows? pretzels are really good, man. Yeah. Really. That, once you start, it's hard to stop. Pretty amazing. It's really hard to stop. I'm going to piggyback off Judd's and All say, right. let us not forget. Okay. And let us hope that the season does pick up at some point. Let us not forget, the Twins had the greatest power-hitting team in the history of baseball last year in the regular season, and they added Josh Donaldson to it. Let us not forget that. They had the greatest power-hitting team in baseball history, statistically, and they added Josh bleeping Donaldson to it. Think about that for a second. That's what we're all being robbed of right now, by the way. In three days, the Twins were going to open up and shellac the Oakland Athletics inside that dump of an Oakland Coliseum Stadium. And now we have we have to wait, like, minimum two or three months to watch that yeah. team take the field. And it's a it's a damn shame. It's the thing that I'm going to miss the most is just knowing that Twins baseball and Bombus are going to be on six out of every seven nights. So, Rami, you got one last one? I didn't. I didn't prepare another one for today, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. I only. I only brought the one to the table today. I don't want to burn. You all prep of them. that one? Yeah. You never prep. I know. Well, I'm telling you, Judd. I'm a different man. What's happened to you? What's I am wrong a with different you? Different man. Quarantine has been the best thing that's happened to me in a long, long time. You do have a glow about you. That's uh, Ronnie Mackloff. Dude, I'm sleeping more than I ever have. Like I am. I am as healthy and as mentally clear as I've been in a long, long time. Pat- I'm telling you. Patrick Ricey, does that describe you as well during this quarantine? Uh, you know what? I'm very, I'm very, feeling very gregarious. I'm about to put three big ribeyes on the grill outside. Mm. Rami, you want to come over? I got one for you. You know what? We're supposed to be social come distancing, and- but for a ribeye? <laughs> yeah, I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> Corona can have me if a ribeye is a cost. This one's a big one. Now, I can't guarantee I didn't sneeze a couple of times in the presence of them. Still worth it. Still worth the risk. (laughs) I'll be over about 6.15. Okay, that'll be good. Well, we got got, you. You got to meet the wife, too. Sounds good. Find Find out how easy she's to get along with. After confinement here, so hey Pat, hey Pat, it's not often that you join us and a Woj bomb gets dropped right away. Woj bomb. uh, This is straight from Daniel Aturu. He said Daniel Aturu tells ESPN that he plans to enter the 2020 NBA draft. So it's official. Daniel Aturu will not play his next season with the Gophers. Well, I think it would be uh, foolish of him to uh, come back, don't you? Because. uh, uh, you know, next year will probably be a better draft, right? More people, and you know, the difference is, of course, next year they might actually have one. We don't know. Yeah, we don't even know if he might be coming back for a draft that doesn't exist. I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, they're well, but I, I don't think anybody's surprised. And uh, you know, he's. Uh, it'll be interesting. I wouldn't mind him on this club as their second. Uh, they got two first rounders, right? 
Uh, yes. I, yeah, I wouldn't mind him as their second one if it's down the list of ways because uh, I think they could use a defensive presence inside. He could play 12, 14 minutes a game and block a shot once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you were to rank the Gophers' best big men over the past twenty years, and then look at the like what the team did or didn't do around them, they've had Chris Humphreys, Joel Prisbilla, Rick Rickert, and Daniel Aturu. And did they make it to the NCAA tournament with any of those guys outside of Aturu uh, last year? Now the Pris year, what happened to the Pris? Did were they ineligible to go? Right? Maybe or that was part they? of it. Yeah, and then he quit. Right. Yeah, he quit. January 25th, he had one of the greatest games of his career. I just, for some reason, that date sticks with me. Uh, and I guess a good club. Remember that? He had a bunch of block shots, and he had a big night, and then he quit. He didn't uh, He didn't want to uh, be uh, messing around. He, he knew he was going out for the draft. You know, he knew he was going to, you know, come out early and go to the draft. He just didn't want to go to any classes anymore, so he, uh, he gave her up. So. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, and memory, and that, of course, was the festive year when the Timberwolves hosted the draft, did not have a first rounder, and the only local angle was Pris Bella, who was picked sixth and got booed. So, I remember that at Target Center. It was That's quite right. a, no. another, another grand moment for the, uh, Timberwolves organization. Even when they do something right, it turns out wrong. That's right. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. the slogan of that, including hosting the draft. <laughs> so, whoa, so we were mad that Prisbilla alienated us in the middle of a yeah, lost season. Yeah, well, it wasn't a lost season. They had a. I don't think they were terrible. Were they? Yeah, they they, they finished four and twelve in the Big Ten that season. That was the first Did year. They, that was the first year of Dan Munson. Record? What was the record at the end of January, though? Because they, they beat somebody. If you look at their schedule, January 20-something, they beat the hell out of somebody at home that they weren't supposed to beat. All right, I pulled and it up. Then, okay, yeah, they were they were 10-3 and three in the middle of January. They beat Iowa at home. And, that's not it. Okay. Then they, got, then they lost a bunch of games. They got smoked by Indiana. Okay. Where, isn't there a game at home like January twenty fifth or something? North, like that? They beat Northwestern at home. No, that, that wasn't it. That wasn't <laughs> it. Excuse me. Oh, they beat Indiana okay. at home on February 9th. Yes. Okay, that must have been it. I think that was his last game, and he bailed on them. Okay. What were their record then? That what moved him to, that then? moved him to twelve and nine, but then they lost the last six games okay, in that's, conference. That's what yeah. it was then. To bomb out without him. Without him, that was the year. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have made the tournament anyway, but. Uh, you know, he was, uh, yeah, we were definitely mad at We, A, we don't like it when you go to another, if, when you leave state to go to school, right? Oh, no, we, you won't work really here again. We really don't like it if you stay and then leave early. We really don't like that. So, <laughs> yeah, we were very, uh, we were very down on him. He made a lot of money, boy. Remember, I mean, one thing. They didn't. Uh, they had. They didn't have the rookies capped as well as they do now, and uh, he made a ton of money because he got a good contract after he left Milwaukee. I think he made a lot of money in his career. In fact, uh, how, how much money would you guys guess Joel Prisbilla made in his NBA career? A hundred, damn near a hundred. Yeah, I was going to say around one hundred and twenty, one hundred thirty million. Let's see here. According to according to Basketball Reference, 
He made well. You guys are overshooting it. Actually, really, it says he yeah, only, he says he only made about forty five million dollars in his already? NBA career. Okay, well, but he's that's not bad for six and six. No, <laughs> no. Don't get me wrong. He'll definitely be able to feed his family, unlike Latrell Sprewell, with forty five million. Gracie and Monticello, still the greatest <laughs> quote ever from a Minnesota high school coach uh, when they came to the state tournament and they had him. And they had two other six eight guys. Remember that they were they had this huge lineup, like their smallest. They had a small guard, but then they were six five, six six, six eight, seven foot. And they asked the coach, I can't remember who it was. He said, "Ah, when our male children are three, we run them through the nuclear reactor and we get them all. <laughs> <laughs> we run them through the nuclear reactor. And they just sprout right up." He said. Which, of course, if you said that today, somebody would get very upset. But uh, that was—I love that quote. That was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, uh, nothing going on, though. Man alive, this is terrible. Yeah, what are you? Uh, what are you but, filling your days with right now? Uh, well, as I said, I said mentioned this to uh, Derek today. I guess that uh, I went into this week with four ideas. And now I, I came up with another one. So I got five ideas for two columns this week. But if this thing lasts 18 months, I need another 152. So I don't know if that's going to work out or not. Uh, I don't know what are, you know, there's a, there's enough to do as far as trying to scrounge up a couple of columns because you got to report something. I don't know what, but beyond that, uh, not a lot eating basically. I'm going to, I'm going to be. That's the worst part here, Pat. I'm going to be right. If this lasts 18 months, I'm going to be, I'm going to be down in the, basement scrounging for my fat boy fattest boy clothes man I'm gonna, i hope i didn't throw all those away because i'll be right back oh, tell me you didn't never make that mistake always keep the fat guy clothes <laughs> i was confident i was confident when i lost 100 but i'm gonna probably get back 120 before it's over God, <laughs> i'm day i'm day eight in sweats pat Mm-hmm. Day in sweatpants. Well, there's no reason for real pants at this point. Yeah, no. None of us should be wearing real pants. Ah. If you are, you're an overachiever and stop it. Does anybody... I, does I, any- was, I was in today, by the way. The square footage in our area that the, the sports station is broadcast... Can we really afford to let Rami seal off that area and not let anybody in there for 18 months? I don't know if that's a good idea or not. This wasn't my choice, Pat. This wasn't my choice. They just just figured I was the most suspicious looking on staff. They're like, put the brown guy (laughs) off by himself, different studio. He probably yeah, well, he probably traveled internationally somewhere unsafe. <laughs> Let's just throw him in there. You're lucky. You're lucky. You weren't flying after nine eleven, man. They would have made you get right up on the on the. They would have made you go right through the screener. The oh, I know. Thing. I got I got a good eight minutes on it in my stand up set, Pat. I'm all over that. <laughs> they'd make you, they'd make you climb right up there and go right through the thing, man. They would have. Don't let that guy in. <laughs> Tori Rami's life right there. <laughs> don't right. don't let that guy in. The Rami Maklov story. The great Tom Frowers, who's uh, who's uh, had an unfortunate end as a columnist, but that's what happens when you get too many cocktails at two a.m. and you get on Twitter. But uh, but Powers, uh, let's just say we had a fella at the at the St. Paul paper who, when the when all this stuff started, uh, that that. 
looked like Robbie, and, and that was his suggestion. <laughs> when that guy goes to the airport, they're just going to say, go get right up there, boy. Just ride right on through this thing. <laughs> so bad. Uh, well, we we are we did debut a segment earlier today. We're going to do this every Monday, Pat, called Quarantine Discoveries. And so uh, if you have anything on a Monday that you discovered over the weekend because you were just holed up at home, like, for instance, I oh, discovered oh, okay. I discovered Good a show idea, called right. Extreme Cougar Wives this weekend that will now be on my list. Uh, well, I think somebody mentioned this to me. Kenny, I think, mentioned it today. But there's a show about people who train animals to eat people for to commit murder, like tigers and stuff. What? There's, there's some, like, tiger killers or something. No, I, th- I think Pat is talking about the same show that I am. It's yeah. Tiger King on Netflix, yeah. and they think one of the characters on there, uh, yes. and she's a real person, killed her husband and fed it to the tigers, or <laughs> killed her husband tiger. by feeding it to what? the tigers. Yes. That's, that's the one. That's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. I thought it was like there were several serial killers who trained wild animals to eat people, but maybe it's just one. No, uh, that would be exponentially it. cooler, but no, it's just one Ronnie, guy. Ronnie, <laughs> you buried the lead. I didn't, you didn't tell us about this part. I didn't want to give away too much. I didn't want to spoil it now for I'll you watch. guys. That's one of the major twists in the plot, is that this lady... Hey, I'll give you a- I'll give you a break. Oh, go ahead. Excuse me. No, just that this lady may or may not have killed her husband by feeding him the tigers. And they ate the evidence, so uh, there's nothing they can do about it, right? Unless they can look through the the uh, tiger species, and that who wants to do that? So you know, unbelievable. <laughs> These Say, days, this, uh-uh. this, this, this Pete <laughs> Davidson movie that was still in the uh, movie theaters, like Big Time Adolescence or whatever it is. It's now, I think, on Hulu that it you is. just ordered it or yeah. Amazon. It's not bad. I might check it's, that out. I might check that out. Very soft, it's very sophomoric, but it's not too bad. Uh, I, Pete, I can Pete, recommend Pete Davidson also did that. He did a stand-up thing for Netflix that is also in the category of, it's not bad, not bad in the last <laughs> couple months. Pat, <laughs> well, we, we got we, we to run. We're, we're taking not bad right now, but not, we don't have our usual standards. We'll watch anything. This so. is true. Uh, Pat, we'll uh, we got to run. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Royce on baseball is coming up next year on Score North and the Score North app. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Look for our quarantine happy hour tonight on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. All of them just at S K O R North. Wrapping with Royce is always powered by Josh Arnold Investments. In just a second here, you'll get a market update. But Mackie and Jeb with Rami back at it tomorrow. Now it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct, 952-925-5608, or listening to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Judd. The market, particularly the whether it's the Dow Jones, NASDAQ, or the S&P, were wild today. Just wild. We went, so just stick with me on this. Sunday night in the overnight futures, the Dow Jones was down 900 points. Unbelievable down, but that followed followed on a pretty big sell-off on Friday Friday night. In the pre-market, uh, before the Dow opened today, the Dow futures had gone from down 900 to up 400. 
And when the market opened, there was a lot of selling pressure as people wanted to get out. And that is something I am not recommending to clients at, at this point. But people wanted to get out, and the Dow dropped down 500. So we went from down 900 to up 400 to down 500. We continued down um, down to 900, and as news came from the potential of a stimulus package, the Dow started to climb uh, and was only down at one point 150 points, but with the, the failure of getting a stimulus package signed uh, today, the Dow went down again, closing down 582 points. While that was happening with the stimulus package, uh, the Fed and the Treasury said they were going to do everything possible to keep the banking system and credit flowing, including now buying uh, corporate bonds. So the Fed and the Treasury are firing on all cylinders to try to keep keep the economy going. Meanwhile, the the there were spots in the market that did very well, including today semiconductors, particularly as China has started to returning to work. Had some positive news from Apple's manufacturing facility in China, uh, Foxconn, on their being back almost full full bore, and their being able to produce products that should be uh, available when Apple introduces their new phones uh, this September. Apple stock has been sold off primarily as a source of funds as concerns come up with demand for product. Indeed, during the month of February, smartphone sales worldwide, so not just Apple, but Samsung, Huawei, and others, saw a very significant uh, drop in in uh, smartphone purchases. I think that is just demand that is going to be delayed into the coming months, and Apple and other smartphone manufacturers will will recover. Apple has some other positives with their services business, but right now Apple's stock price is back to where it was in in October and still is very cheap. Additionally to the semiconductors that did did well, we had several stay-at-home companies doing very well, including Netflix which got an up, upgrade Roku did did very well. Shopify did well, as did Zoom Media, which is a company not making any money. Uh, probably does not have the any moats around their business, but many people use Zoom right now as a way to communicate uh, back and forth. Another big winner was Teladoc, uh, which has a very interesting concept. China stocks also starting to move Ten seconds, Josh. And that'd be an area to look at. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.